Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! going on sports fans Lawrence Patchman Lang here bringing into you the conclusion of game five top of the ninth here on the sports insanity podcast on the sports insanity network we have a great show for you today there's lots of topics to get to that happened over the weekend and at the end of last week but before we get to that if you don't know lately we had a new podcast out here on the network SIN's the throwdown And it's a great new podcast that we have here on the network. It's all about basketball. And for more information on that, we're going to throw it over to Danny Boy Reginald to let you know more about it and about our special guests here today. Yes, folks, how's it going? So, yes, the SIN's The Throwdown uh, launched right before training camp did. And uh, we were so excited to bring on this pod as one of our featured pods of the network and we're so excited to have two of the hosts that are here today. Uh, let's bring him in. Connor, Alex, introduce Happy yourselves. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm Connor. Uh, I'm one of uh, the co-hosts for The Throwdown, a great podcast. We're doing great so far, having a lot of fun. Uh, you can listen to our uh, podcast on Tuesdays. It drops on Spotify and also on the Sports Insanity Network. Uh, and we're also having a couple other places uh, sprinkled in in uh, the next coming weeks. Uh, so I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to jump in and uh, hand it off to Alex. Hey everyone, I'm Alex. Thanks for having us. Uh, again, like you said, the throwdown is like, a, it's a really new podcast. It's great, it's exciting. We go over players, big news, some breaking some breaking trades, stuff like that. And we go over player stats as well as our predictions and sayings and award races. And if you really want to hear some real basketball talk, you got to definitely tune in and listen to us. Yeah. yeah I've been... Danny boy, Danny boy too. Uh, we were looking at the records. Danny boy is five and three when he <laughs> guests appears. So uh, <laughs> he's starting yeah. off high and you know, if he comes back, we're going to have to see if that uh, record increases at all. Yeah. 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 That was, that was a pretty fun, hot and cold episode. I was on it. That's the current episode out right now. So uh, a little outdated, but you can check it out anyway, because why not? Uh, but yeah, no, that, that was really fun to go over that. And I uh, hope to do it again soon. I've been on the show twice now, so I'm actually uh, sort of a seasoned vet there. So it's, it's pretty dope. No, it's a, it's a great show. I listen to it every week and Again, we're glad to have you as a part of the network. How how have you how does it feel so far for you folks when you're taping it and producing it and uh, just you know at least trying to have fun here? Yeah, I know. I know for me it's great because uh, like Dan, I I went to Oswego and we actually did a radio show together. That's where yeah. I got my first gig uh, when I was a freshman, Dan. 
And uh, a man named Andy Jetter uh, created a one-on-one podcast, or well, actually a radio show back then. Uh, that was a fun time. And I, uh, you know, I've been missing that a lot. And I, I'm happy that I got this opportunity because it, there's just something uh, that's been missing in my life. And it's been, you know, having to do this podcast or, you know, a radio show type gig. And I'm, I, I, can't say anything uh, better than what I already have about this podcast. I'm enjoying it so much, and it's uh, kind of one of the highlights of my week. So, yeah, for me, doing a podcast is completely new. I've never done one before, so this whole entire experience has been definitely something else. And also, like you know, with Connor and Zach, who couldn't be with us tonight, but like, but all three of us, we just it's for me, I just love it because it's a great opportunity just to actually talk about sports and basketball in general and actually talk about what you see and give your own opinions on what you think should happen or on teams, et cetera. Yeah, we, we have a lot of good uh, talk coming up. We talk about the Celtics this upcoming week. Uh, we also talk about some trades. Uh, potentially, we had some hypotheticals. So it, it's it's going to be a good podcast this week. So definitely take a listen. Also, we have the other half of the SIP crew here with us. Bring yourselves in, boys. We can't forget about you. You're part of this show, too. Hey, everyone. Bill Murphy here. And uh, I'm the only one who today, it's Victory Monday. Good evening, Mark. Old Ops Guy Halpern here. And yes, I'll finally say it. We have Bill. The Giants finally won a game, Murphy. Okay, that's the last nice thing I'm saying about the Giants tonight. It's the only thing you should say about the Giants. They got lucky with a win over the Raiders. But we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in a little bit. I think we should talk a little basketball first since our season is, what, two and a half weeks in almost? What do you guys think of the season so far? I mean, honestly, looking at the season so far, I see you definitely have some really big surprises with teams like Cleveland. That's probably one of the biggest surprises to me. I was not – I, I love Cleveland. I love the young guys they have there, but I just was not expecting them to all click right away to start the year. And to watch guys like Evan Mobley just already look like a well-established player in his first year, I will say it's going to be tough, though, for them, for Cleveland specifically, uh, as much as they're a surprise. Uh, Sexton is out right now, I saw, with the Tormeniscus, so it's going to be interesting how they rally with that. But then you have other surprises I'm sure Connor even wants to talk about as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great example. It's It's – really interesting to see how they're really formatting that team. We were wondering why Laurie Markkinen was brought in there. They had too many bigs. Why would they bring in another big in Laurie Markkinen? Well, now they got him playing the three and it's worked out pretty well. Seven and four, who would have thought? I think another team that's kind of surprised me is the Toronto Raptors. Uh, They don't really have a lot of uh, good players, I would say at the moment, and also their best player at uh, for the team is uh, Pascal Siakam, and he's not even playing yet. So we'll have to see how that uh, turns out. And right now, Scotty Barnes is looking like a great candidate for rookie of the year. Scotty Barnes is off to a great start. I love what I'm seeing from him so far. He's honestly, with the way he's playing right now, he's definitely a top three candidate for rookie of the year as of right now. I mean, I, I looked at him and many other rookies out there that you know are very good at one spraying the floor they can open it up a little bit they're fast and let's be real they can all score like i didn't expect this you know 
I expect the Suns to be very defensive minded. Maybe, uh, maybe I just read the read the player wrong, but you know, a lot of them to be defensive minded and some to be you know sharp scorers. They're all putting up some good amount of points per night and a lot of rebounds too. And see, the thing is, like with this Raptor squad, they're not that tall. The all uh, their tallest player is actually six nine. Uh, so they use a lot of their long arms to kind of, you know, do well on the defensive side. So that's really what pushes them over the edge at the moment. Uh, so that, that's one of the teams that I'm looking at uh, going forward. Yeah, and then another team I think that is really impressive to watch right now is Chicago Bulls. I know Connor, Connor was high on them at the beginning of the year. He thought that they would actually play extremely well. I personally came off this looking at them like you have a bunch of guys who have not played together at all. There's a little, so much inexperience because when you really look at the starting lineup right now, you have Lonzo, Zach Levine, Javante Green now because Patrick Williams is out, but then you also have DeRozan and Vucevic. So to see these guys play and be six and three right now to start the year is a definite win already for them. What do you guys think of the Knicks so far? Oh, the Knicks. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they had a tough loss last night. Uh, that wasn't the greatest uh, with the Ricky Rubio going crazy with what was it 37 it was high. yeah 37 points yeah about that he had like eight threes like he was just something like that he was, just he was dialed in last night he was just killing it yeah i i i think they're a good squad i i, I think they kind of have to uh upgrade that center position mm-hmm. uh, i mean don't get me wrong i i like mitchell robinson but he's on a contract year if I'm not mistaken, and he's on a contract year and he, he is a great defensive player. It's just, he's not a dominant presence in the paint. He really isn't. And not gonna lie. You might have to, I personally said that one of the biggest moves that the Knicks could possibly make is to trade for a guy like Carl Anthony towns. That would make them a real established team. And that was and a funny thing when I, Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I was no, going to no. say as recording, we're actually, uh, the Knicks are up 14 points on the 76ers. Uh, so that's at the half, but it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I had brought that up when I saw that Towns wants out, and I had said to Dan, do you think the Knicks make a run and can bring them in? And Dan had actually a good point on it. He's like, no, let these guys build on what they got, and yeah. I like it. Well, well, the point that I was trying to make is, like, if the Knicks are going to go after someone like Carl Anthony Towns, which is fine, like, you could do it. They have enough assets to do it. The point that I'm trying to make is, you know, you already have people. And I know Mitchell Robinson, you know, we don't really know much because he's not on the floor a lot. You know, last year he was injured. So we and then the previous two years, you know, he was still trying to get through his growing pain. So we don't know exactly, you know, what type of player he is, you know, yet. So getting someone like Carlin D. Towns would be fine. But I would, I like growth. I'm more of a development type of person because, you know, if we try to grab someone and you know, blow up our cap, like it to me, it's just, I don't just know if it's necessary. I mean, I mean also, too, if you look at that squad, what, what are you going to trade? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good pieces. The problem is you don't want to hurt that depth too much. So I'm assuming if there was a trade with Carl Anthony Towns, you would see probably have to include like a guy like Emmanuel Click uh, quickly or uh or Obi Toppin. Like, I was gonna yeah, say Toppin would yeah. as well as Kevin Knox, uh, I would assume would also be in a trade package. Uh, well, so I wouldn't be surprised. Couple... Knox Knox is a guy that they can live without. They've even made that oh, clear. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But that's still a young piece that uh, 
you could develop going forward as well. Uh, so yeah. you got a lot of young pieces you would have to trade for a, for a guy who, yeah, is 25, uh, but, uh, you know, you're trading a lot of good pieces. So Yeah, but you're also trading them for a guy who can average 24 and 11 just like that and is a good defensive presence. Yeah, and that's that's the big thing with Cat is that he could – he brings such a good game to you and he can make your team instantly better. So do you – so, yeah, I mean, again, I would stick with more development, but look, if the Knicks want to go, I, I wouldn't be mad. Like, I, I get it. I, totally no, I didn't get think it. he would be mad. I I was just saying, you know, as passionate as Knicks fans as Dan as I and are, it was like you see this name and you know what type of dominance he brings to the table. It's just a question of like Alex and Connor have said, is what pieces would they have to give up? And I agree that Knox would be a part and quickly, definitely, or top and it would be one of their top young prospects would have to be included. And then th- throw it over to the Western Conference. Who impressed you guys so far this season? Or, uh, or who was impressing you guys the, so far? The, yeah, I, I would say Warriors are the most impressive. I thought they would be a top five team, but I did not think that they would play this well without Clay at all and Wiseman right now. They're eight and one in the one seed. That's just, to me, that's just extremely impressive to start the year. Yeah, I, that was one of the teams I thought was going to take like two or three games to go crazy but I said after the Lakers and the Clippers game which I thought both were going to be losses I said that they were going to go on a crazy win streak because they weren't playing the greatest competition that's what we've seen happen so far because they're eight and one Uh, but once Wiseman comes back and Clay Thompson comes back you have Jordan Poole who's been playing phenomenal you got a really really good good team and uh I mean, with the Lakers the way they are right now and the Clippers also not playing well, the Warriors are in a really good spot with not only that division, but the conference as a whole. Yeah, and since you mentioned Jordan Poole, like to me, that's probably one of the biggest surprises as well. This is a guy who, after his rookie year, they kind of were iffy on him. But then now looking at him, he's averaging 18 in a game without Clay playing, and he's also shooting 34% from three, 46 from the field, and 94% from free throw. He's honestly, and then now he's got earned the nickname uh, uh, JP3 now, if we all saw that. So oh he's like, God. once they come back, this is actually going to be like probably one of the most impressive, the back to being one of the most impressive three-point shooting teams again. Yeah, you know, I say all the time, right now, the biggest piece they're really missing is Clay Thompson. Other than that, like their team is there. And what we've seen from the Warriors, you know, in the past couple seasons is they got a mix of young and veteran players that could, you know, you had obviously the veteran players that know how to win. Iguodala, Curry, uh, Green, you know, all those, they know how to win. And then you have these young players that are still trying to make it and still trying to learn. And then, of course, Steve Kerr, who's no, I mean, I question him as a coach all the time, but he's done a terrific job uh, nonetheless. So, it's some of the things that the Warriors have that is very successful so far. And we brought you guys brought up earlier. Are, is it is it starting to be concerning for the Lakers because this Lakers team is stacked and they're five and five after ten games? Is it concerning I mean, I, right now? I would be concerned as a Lakers fan. Alex is a Lakers fan, so I'm excited to hear his thoughts on this. 
Well, I, I mean, you know, when you're five and five, of course you're concerned and you're, at, you're <laughs> outside the top eight, of course. But yeah. then again, I mean, we also have to look at the fact that this is them struggling with without LeBron right now too. these past couple of games like LeBron's. And if I'm not mistaken, Connor, isn't he going to be out like two to three, possibly what four to eight weeks now? Yeah. And it could even get to the months range, uh, which is very scary. And, and I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan. I'm an OKC fan. So I, I love him, And I just wish he could fit better with certain teams. Uh, I, wouldn't be surprised if this team doesn't, you know, turn out well by the uh, trade deadline that you might see them get traded to a team uh, because they kind of depleted their core. Uh, they're the oldest team in NBA history. Uh, they have a couple good pieces like Malik Monk, who's young. But other than that, you know, that bench, there's nothing to it. Oh, whoa, whoa. let's not disrespect Mello here. He's earned it. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell a bunch of New Yorkers about Mello. Like, come on now. I will say this. The what the Westbrook experiment to me is just I don't know why isn't I mean, I, I should have expected it to not work, but it's uh, I mean, I don't know. Like I felt thing is I will I wanted to be patient with the Lakers because I knew that this was gonna be growing pains. You had to figure out who was the guy, you had to figure out what this team is, and you know. I gave them the chance to sort of figure it out. We're two weeks in, and so far, it, there's no results here. So they, they look pretty lost there. And now with the LeBron injury, things can only get worse for the Lakers. Not just that, too. I mean, specifically LeBron, this is going to be his third third year out of four years of being hurt, and he could possibly miss 20 or 30 games again. So this is going to be, not going to lie, Westbrook, the problem is Westbrook's got to take, stop taking as many shots as possible. He, yeah. he, last game, when you look against the Trailblazers, he shot one for 13 from the field. Like, he did that. And granted, Anthony Davis only played seven minutes. And, of course, he had his own injury problems, too. But, like, but that's the problem is you want to see Anthony Davis step up when healthy. But that's the problem is Westbrook is a leader. But right now, Westbrook has to face the fact that he would be – a third guy on this team, but now you have LeBron out and Anthony Davis experiencing injury. Now Westbrook's going to try and play hero and it's probably not going to work out for these next few weeks. I mean, even if you look at like last year's squad when he was on the wizards, I mean that, that he still played well. Squad, yeah. He still played well, brought him to the playoffs. And then also the season prior, uh, you know, the Rockets with him and James Harden got him to the playoffs. So he brings the teams to the playoffs, you know, which is, you know, an important factor in this. So I, I think they're going to end up obviously making the playoffs. Depends uh, on the seed. Yeah. And I, I mean, if you look at the Western Conference right now, they're outside of the Jazz and the Warriors. There's not really any strong contenders at the moment. The Suns have looked a little shaky at points too. Dallas is shaky. Memphis is shaky. Denver's struggling without Jamal. I think we all know that too. Mm-hmm. Let me throw a question out there to you guys. Let me throw a question to the throwdown here. As I told you, I'm a financial guy. And what I see in LA is dollars on the floor. Is it a waste? And has the experiment finally just said, you know, let's go. And do you start possibly trading a couple of those big pieces while you can to build up a core in the lower? As in the Lakers? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, at the moment, I think you need to – 
you know, just settle down, you know, like they, they traded so many pieces, you know, when we think of Anthony Davis, they traded so many pieces. Traded a lot for Anthony Davis. You know, they traded basically their whole team. And now they traded a lot of their pieces, including probably their most valuable piece in a couple of years with Kyle Kuzma, who's doing phenomenal right now with the Wizards. For now. Yeah. I I feel like right now, uh, just got to see how it turns out, especially with LeBron out for a little while. We'll have to see how this team really is. Uh, and if they're able to win a lot of games with LeBron out, then that's that's good on them because, you know, I I personally don't expect them to win like a crazy, like, you know, large portion of their games, but they'll be, they'll be in most games. Yeah, and looking at what you just asked, I – I think that they need to weigh out at the same time too. You also have to take into consideration if what, what would even the asking price would be for Westbrook if he starts declining even more. Cause then at that point, what are you really going to be able to trade him for? Especially that far out late. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, with NBA talk wrapped up guys, cool. Stand around for a little bit longer. Talk a little bit of football with us. If you guys sure. All yeah. right. Well, let's just say it was a, interesting weekend in the world of the nfl and i can see bill shaking at the bottom right of my screen but we'll get to the giants in a moment fair enough or better yet let's get to it now since he's so excited the new york the new york giants somehow won a game in metlife against the raiders we want another game we want another game As you can tell, Bill is ecstatic right now. So, Bill, the floor is yours. I have to say... um, That's all the time we have for Bill. (laughs) Damn it. All right, right, Bill, go ahead. Okay, Connor, Alex, I don't know what football teams you guys root for, but in this group, I am the only one whose team won this week. Never. Out Out of the ones of us here from SIP, yes. Alex Connor, I don't know. As Bill said, we don't I'm, know who I'm you a guys follow. Yeah, uh, well, okay, so, Alex, Alex I like you already. We're, we're my team's in the rundown. We're my, my team's in the rundown. It was one of the teams that played putrid. Uh, it, uh, well, it's, let's uh, just say Teddy Bridgewater. It's Dallas. Okay, so he joins me and Noah. So there you go. Now the yeah. Cowboys fans are reigning supreme again. So Alex, we we're go. friends now. We are friends yeah. now. Congratulations. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the New York Giants. Um, I got him. Daniel Jones looked decent yesterday. Not great, but I think he played a decent game. And you know who was who was really the the defense really came through yesterday. Uh, Alex, since you're since I now have a fellow Giants fan here, um, would you agree? I think the defense actually played really well yesterday. Yeah, I agree with both your takes on the offense and defense. Daniel Jones, when you really look at just it, really most of his yards and his only touchdown came from the first drive. So obviously he was serviceable enough to help them maintain the lead. But that defense, Don Xavier McKinney getting two picks off car. You're talking about Leonard Williams making the big recover, yes. recovery. And like you look at it, like and we had one sack. We were just getting to the quarterback. We were rushing him constantly. Uh, I got to give Jacobs in the beginning. Jacobs looked like he was about to run all over the Giants. Day. Yes. Like, and I was getting terrified. Yeah. That, that scared me too. But, I think this shows like the Giants D actually is can be can be a tough competitor. It's just a matter of the offense at this point. They have to keep being serviceable enough to help the defense out. Like even and I hate to go back because I I believe in going forwards, not backwards. But 
even last week against Kansas City, the defense wasn't that bad. The defense actually kept up the pace with with Mahomes. But again, that was just all the penalty and stuff. But we're not looking there. We're looking ahead. We're looking ahead. But um, yeah, you know who all who I also liked yesterday, lot Alex. So Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker, I ninety nine yards and twenty one carries. Like he. I, as much as I love Saquon, like this just shows you, like we have a talented guy in Booker who can also step up when Saquon's yeah, up. Yeah, I really, yeah, I miss Saquon, but I think at this point he's kind of getting a little. That's been declining to... every year since his rookie year. <laughs> it's it's like Saquon has a good game, he gets hurt. Crap. I've I, well, I have an interesting take on that. Saquon right, has really. Saquon has never been really protected by the Giants O-line. That is unfortunately true. Think about it. When Barkley is on, Barkley is untouchable. But once that O-line falters faster than the Titanic sinking in the Atlantic. Well, yeah, when you look at every draft, it's kind of like when you're expecting them to draft an O-line, then all of a sudden you go, okay, so no protection for Daniel Jones, no help for Saquon. What's the next step now? We're screwed. Now you go out and get a first – round wide receiver who likes to just go punch cowboys you know that's that's how he that's how he is <laughs> yeah, yeah no but it, remember on draft night mark me and um shout out to big al we were both having a heart attack when we when we heard that they were drafting Tooney instead of a o-line or you know something to protect daniel jones with Yes, you I remember, do remember that. that. Mark, you were oh, there. of course. I was doing backflips when dallas too. got micah parsons i was upset <laughs> yeah. they didn't get sertan I wanted Sertan to be opposite Trayvon, but mm. I was very, I'm, I'm beyond ecstatic with Micah Parsons and his play. Yeah. You know, so he was the only anyway, bright star on Dallas this week. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I'm about to make a statement and here, Alex, you could agree or disagree with me. Just because the Giants won yesterday, this does not absolve David Gettleman. And this does not absolve Joe Judge. Agree or disagree? I Agree with the Gettleman part. I disagree with Joe Judge. I do love Joe Judge as a coach. I think he is, like, a strong guy. Like, Belichick wouldn't be a guy to recommend him to any team if he didn't believe in him. That's how I look at it. But Gettleman, on the other hand, I don't think Gettleman actually is a competent common GM. I don't think he's confident at all in the decisions he can make. I think he really needs to go. I mean, the the, the sad thing is, though, because we all can agree Joe Judge is a good coach. We've seen – good things out of him and he knows that he's a player's guy which is what the giants need giants need someone that can a coach that can have their backs so you know we see that but the problem is if you fire gentlemen which they're they may or may not do i don't know what they want to do you have to get rid of joe judge because there's no way another gm is going to in here unless you make joe judge the gm and he becomes the next bill belichick and the true Bill Belichick, where he's the coach and GM, but <laughs> but then but then if you let's say you bring on an outsider's GM or whatever to run the team, they're not going to want to inherit this guy. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, and that's also, just the sad part yeah. to it. Uh, also, too, if you look at a failed uh, GM experiment, uh, Bill o, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, uh, Bill you know, O'Brien, you get yeah. you give a guy who you know who's a subpar head coach uh, the GM spot as well that's what's going to happen and we saw how bad that turned out uh but also uh, in regards to uh, you know the other team that was uh playing in that game the las vegas raiders i mean it was bound to happen 
uh, you know, with all these distractions with Henry Ruggs and Gruden, uh, Gruden and, and Arnett, right? Yeah, Arnett too today. Arnett, that yeah. was today, yeah. yeah it, it's been a brutal, brutal season off the field for the Raiders. Uh, listen, I give them credit for bouncing back from Gruden and Ruggs. They, they're really bouncing back this year, and, you know, I got to give them all the credit in the world. The Las Vegas Raiders have a very tough situation to deal with after this season. Right now, they should be just looking to get through the season. What, you know, the way things, the way they're playing, yeah, the loss to the Giants hurts. But it was on a pickoff return is how they lost, you know. And credit, the Giants D did a great job. That was a nice interception. But if you're looking forward from the standpoint for the Las Vegas Raiders, Showing up on the field is the best thing they all can do for each other right now. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. hey, and hey, today went on, and today they went out and signed Sean Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> at least I don't have to worry about him in the yeah. NFC East. That's all I'm I got. This, was this yes. ten years ago? <laughs> God. I, I still have nightmares about that punt return. That's we won't talk about. That. That's my worst. Dude, that that might have been one of my favorite games. Not dealing with the Cowboys. Oh, I loved that return so much. Yes, so dude, you're walking on thin ice, buddy. Yeah, Connor, let's, let's, let's keep it down now. All right, you're walking all right. on thin ice here. All right, settle down. Settle down, gentlemen. Oh, come on. It's Mark, harmless Mark, banter. Mark brought it up. The, the NFC East. There was another team that lost in the NFC East. The Dallas oh. Cowboys. To the Denver <laughs> Broncos. What happened, Mark? Floor is yours. All righty. So, so, Dak is back. Things are looking up. Zeke wasn't as injured as we thought. Cooper's uh, hamstrings a little iffy. Lamb tweaked his – okay, I could go on about injuries. It's not what cost Dallas the game this weekend. Dallas underestimated a Denver defense that has been stellar for the last few years, even after trading Von Miller. Um, Prescott looked uncomfortable stepping back, and anybody who missed one to two weeks in an NFL season or misses one to two games is going to have that problem. But he was missing so many open throws. There was no holes for Zeke to run through. Nothing for Pollard to help back him up on. I mean, Connor, I now learned that you're a Dallas fan. I'm sure you can help build on this. What went wrong with us? Yeah, I mean, one of the first mistakes was we were too aggressive right off the bat. I, I believe we went for two fourth down conversions right in the beginning of the game. Uh, that really didn't help at all. No. Uh, you know, one, one of the mistakes too was uh, in the end zone when Trayvon Diggs was trying to go for uh, you know, swipe the ball out. He got a defensive PI in the end zone. Uh, that's another block punt. Uh, that you know, that rule can... I actually had to go look up because me and Noah must have posted at the same time. What the hell? Because I had never known. I had known if it had gotten past the first down mark, but not past the line of scrimmage. So I'm reading the rule and I'm like, holy shit. And I was like yeah. yelling at my TV. Challenge yeah, after, it. That's not right. After that happened, that was you know, 16-0. We still had a chance at that point. But when that happened and they had the ball, I'm, I'm like, today is just not our day. Uh, you know, like we this season's been so weird where we've seen teams dominate like the weaker team so often that we haven't seen a lot of upsets really. And also too, we're, we're so used to these teams having one or two losses all season, you know, eventually these teams are going to be like, you know, 11 and 
11 and six or, you know, 12 and five, not all of them are going to be, you know, 16 and one, you know, or, you know, yeah, 16 and one. So like teams are bound to lose. And, you know, we lost to a team that's 500 and now they're not 500. So, you know, exactly. And Dallas wasn't going to win out the season. We, you know, they have some tough games coming up, you know, which are winnable, but Dallas wasn't going to win out. We had to expect another loss. Doesn't matter when we come into the Meadowlands and we destroy the Giants, we'll feel much better about ourselves. I mean, really, next week against Atlanta, that will show if the team is just, you know, not a really dominant team. You know, like if you have back-to-back losses, you know, like that, then that's the case, but. If, if you, yeah, sorry, I got to chime in for a second here, if that's okay. Um, yeah, first of all, how about them cowgirls? Like I texted you yesterday, Mark. Um, and second of all, it's like if you lose two games to two subpar teams, are you really that good? You know, Bill, I'm going to let you have your day because you won and we lost, so I really can't talk crap to you. But I'm going to put it to you like this, and I'm going to make it very, very straightforward. Dallas is the best team in the NFC East. No offense, Alex. I know this is your first night here, and you'll hear these rants from me on periodic. Dallas (laughs) is number one in the NFC East. They will win the NFC East. They'll win the NFC East. How far they'll go in the playoffs is going to depend on – what team wants to show up mm-hmm. and whether it's going to be the team that's overly confident and falls to Denver, or it's going to be the team that showed up against the Pats and took care of business. Mm-hmm. That's the two games I'm measuring this team on right now. And I know that's hard to say when they, you know, they beat the good defense in Carolina, you know, and yes, they exploited Philadelphia, they exploited New York, but we knew those games were going to happen. I mean, also, too, if you look at week one, I mean, I know that's prehistoric times now, but like week one, if Zerline makes some of those kicks, the team could have been undefeated at this point. And I know there's a lot of Dallas Cowboys haters, but if that team was undefeated, I know a lot of people that wouldn't have put that team even in the top three of their rankings of the, you know, teams. So, like, we were bound to have a bad loss. Uh, you know, that's yeah. that's all I can say. And it's and it's sometimes it's needed to make your team a little bit humble and, and know where they stand. But you want to know what? Dallas and their good strength, you know, lost to Denver. But we didn't skip out on COVID shots to miss an important game. Patchy, what happened in Green Bay? I mean, I was not really going to talk about the Packer game. I think another <laughs> game deserved importance yeah. over it. But to make it quick and short, for the love of God, <laughs> try, try to do a little fun joke there, but it didn't work out. But, you know, put it this way, 7-13 to 13 could have been a hell of a lot worse for the Packers. Oh, absolutely. Could have easily gotten blown out and lost like 35-7 to seven or – 45 to 14. No. Packers defense stepped up big time in Kansas City. Held them to 13 points. Granted, Jordan Love could have played a little bit better. But you know what? For his first start, hey, he got his first touchdown out of the way. Got that jitters off. Okay, yes, he threw a pick. Big deal. 
unfortunately, this boils down to special teams. And Mason Crosby missing a field goal than having a block field goal. Special teams needs to be worked on. Because if we're talking special teams for a minute, Mason Crosby makes those two field goals. We're talking a 13-13 game, and who knows what happens. But, hey, this loss does not hurt the Packers. Hopefully, um, AR is in the clear for this weekend, and we're ready for Seattle. I'll leave it at that. And you know what? Jordan Love needs a little bit of work, a little bit of work, but I think he'll be fine. Hey, Pash, it looks like the Packers don't know what love is yet. <laughs> okay, that was bad. Okay. Uh, it was a bad pun, but it was an it was on the line, Bill. I so you, I, I, you don't get a fail. You don't yeah, get a fail. I, I give you, okay, I give so you a, a, D, so we get a D. I give you a B minus. Uh, I was about to say C plus B minus, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, that's nicer than I would have given myself. Thanks, guys. <laughs> give you a C plus for it. Thank you. <laughs> a team, Alex a team. Connor, you see what you get yourselves into when you come on here. <laughs> a team that had a D plus performance are the Buffalo Bills. They, no, they didn't have a D plus. They, they failed. F. Yeah. And, and of course, a- Moser wouldn't come on to talk about this. <laughs> no, <laughs> poor Moser. The, the, poor, the poor thing was hiding in audio all day. <laughs> what went wrong here? Well, what went wrong is Josh Allen beat Josh Allen, and I'm not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. We're talking about, we're talking about the guy with the real name stake now beating him. <laughs> And one doesn't and, even make half as near as much as the other. <laughs> okay, I, I gotta say, I gotta say. So I've been talking to Alex, and Alex can agree with me. I've been so low on the Buffalo Bills, and people have criticized me so much. If you look at their schedule, week one they lose to the Steelers. I'll let it slide. Okay, they they destroy a Miami team that we know is putrid. Washington terrible. Texans terrible. Chiefs. At the time, we thought it was a good win because, you know, the Chiefs, two-time reigning Super Bowl berths, uh, they beat them by 18. Okay. They lose to Tennessee. That's their first real challenge. Then they play very, very bad against Miami. They floppy. It's 26-11. They won that game. But really, if you look at the stats and you watch some of the highlights – Miami was in that game for a large portion of it. I was telling Alex for weeks now, this was bound to happen. They're playing so many weak games, even continue, uh, continuing. They only have, you know, it, it, if we take the Patriots as real contenders, in the Bucks. Other than that, all their uh, rest of their games are a cakewalk. You know, you got the Colts who are a little shaky. Prior than that, you know, the Jets. Uh, you got Saints, the Saints without Jameis. Saints without Winston. Uh, you got the Pats, who could easily take this division if uh, they keep going on this hot streak. You know, I, I really think this team, this team's going to struggle in the playoffs just because they're playing too much uh, weak competition. What do you guys hey, think, Connor? Um, I like to um, ask you a question. Yeah. Um, do you think the Bills have basically been exposed at this point or no? I, I think they're a good enough team where they, they can still – they're still going to have a good record and they're still going to be exposed destroy. in the playoffs. Yeah, there, it's more going to be an explosion in the playoffs. 
Uh, if you play a team like Buffalo or uh, Baltimore, I think Baltimore beats uh, Buffalo at this point. Uh, you know, the Bengals, a little shaky team as well, but I could see them putting up a good fight against the Bills. Uh, you know, the Titans, we already saw what they can do. They beat them. So we'll have to see. I mean, the Titans, you know, were dealt a huge blow with losing Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And not that Adrian Peterson to me is the answer of all answers, but he was one of the best available to fill in a spot at need. <laughs> AJ Brown did everything he could last night. It's to me, it's Julio Jones. He had four for 49, but he is, I know he's lost a step in his years. And Dan, I know I had touched with you, you know, what's talking about, you know, Tennessee. And I know Apache, I mentioned it to you. What I know a lot of us said Julio Jones was going to be the big answer to help AJ Brown. Was this now seen as the biggest mistake? Dan, what not, do you think? On not that? necessarily a mistake, but they certainly underachieving, you know, not, not playing up to what he should be. I'll say that much. I think the biggest thing, I mean, you touched on it like Derrick Henry, I think he's the biggest piece. I mean, that's the guy that you signed before you acquired everyone else. And he was going to be the guy that if you need a big play, he's giving you that big play. So, and and look, I'll give the Titans credit. Like, they had a great game against the Rams. Uh, and it was a very impressive win. That's a tough Rams team. So, but I need to see better out of these receivers, man. I, I agree with you. I mean, yesterday watching that game, I saw the old Matt Stafford in Detroit. Yeah. I didn't see the new Matt Stafford in L.A. I mean, that spin around to save the safety. Now, I understand it would have been a safety. However, it's two friggin' points compared to the fact that you're going to try to do a pirouette and a uh, grand jeté and throw it right to the linebacker two feet in front of you. It didn't really help. That is the old Matt Stafford that we all had come to know, not the one who's been showing up. Well, but is it more the fact that Tennessee is just better, you know, defensively than the Rams were offensively. You know, they just run into a good team in Tennessee. Sometimes you have to ask that question. And those those were two good teams. And you're 100% right. Yesterday, as I called it, I called it the WTF of football Sunday of the year. That's that's how I describe what happened in the NFL and my FanDuel account and my DraftKings account as they all slowly went down. Yeah, if only the Jets won. On Thursday, it would have been a huge what the fuck. If Josh Johnson would have won, I would have done an Irish jig and posted it for you. Yo, I'm telling you, man, like, first of all, hopefully Mike White could play because I don't trust Zach Wilson. But, you know, Josh Johnson did what he could on that Thursday night game. I mean, it's not like the Colts. Well, the thing is, it's not like the Colts, you know, you know, sat their best players after a so while. They kept no. Carson in. They, they kept going. Yeah. They, exactly. they kept going. Their defense kept they rushing and like playing hard. So, you know, the, for the Jets to pull off 23 points to try to make a comeback, impressive mm-hmm. stuff there. And uh, Josh Johnson did what he could. Th- he threw over 300 yards and, oh. you know, he had, what, three touchdowns? Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Your comment was the best, Dan, when we had done our, uh, you know, little extra endings thing. 
who would have thought that Josh Johnson and Mike White would throw for 300 plus yards exactly. and three touchdowns for the Jets this year? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, people not named Zach Wilson. And of course, I'm not expecting Zach Wilson to have 300 plus yard games yet. Like he's still mm-hmm. trying to grow in this league and yeah. he's still trying to figure it out. But the fact that we had all these good quarterbacks, somehow good quarterbacks, and they're playing with fire. Like it's pretty good by the Jets that they have all this depth. And by the way, no disrespect to Joe Flacco. Why is he on this team? <laughs> why is he on this team? I, I'm sorry. So now that we know that we didn't have to trade for him because we have two nice ass quarterbacks, I just couldn't believe that the Jets could have kept that draft pick. It was a it was a well, fifth, sixth round pick, whatever it was. Yeah, something like that, that they traded to Philly. And now we know that we have two other quarterbacks that are just as good as Joe Flacco is. Yeah. When they can back up. Exactly. So then Reg, this trade for Joe Flacco was absolutely useless. Well, yeah. Now that we know, because he hasn't played yet, he hasn't been ready to play. And that's on Joe Flacco. I don't know why he's not ready to play. Carrying four quarterbacks. Well, yeah. two well, your well, your backup and your third string are more than competent. Yeah. yeah. So that that was kind of frustrating to to have to see that play out and Joe Douglas stuff. doing Joe Douglas things. Yeah, and he's been <laughs> he's been incredibly frustrating. I mean, I know I'm giving him a chance because he deserves a chance, but he, he's starting to be frustrating, honestly, and. Uh, obviously, the Jets are not going to be good. Uh, they're not expected to be good, but um, you know well, that's think, this is the art patch. The only thing I'll say about the Flacco trade is I think they were expecting Mike White to fail or mm. not or, or not work out starting as a quarterback. Maybe hey Flacco, it's your turn. You're in. Mm-hmm. But Mike White exceeded expectations. And then it's like, all right, Mike White goes down. All right, Josh Johnson, I guess we'll have to get Flacco ready for next week if Mike White's out. And then Josh Johnson goes out and impresses. It's like Joe Flacco lit the fire under the ass of White and Johnson to perform better. And it's, and it's a problem that you actually want to have. You want to yeah. have three capable guys who can do this. Look, Zach Wilson's on a first of a five-year rookie deal. He's got a, he can beat seasons a little bit. Let him come back and carry a clipboard for a little bit. Let him learn. Well, I mean, I think he should be the quarterback until one of them, whether it's Johnson, whether it's White, proves that they cannot be the quarterback moving forward. That's fair. And, you know, if it means that Wilson has to sit out for the rest of the year, that's okay. It's not a disrespect to Zach Wilson. It just means you have to give him some time to learn. And many quarterbacks have gone through that. Mm-hmm. And Pat Mahomes, it, mm-hmm. t- it took him a year, uh, you know, until they gave him the the wheel. And you know, might not be having the greatest year this year, but you know, he's he is who we know. Patty Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, g- give these guys some time. The only bad part is in the New York market. So the time is as short as the leash. I know. And the, the, we, us New Yorkers, 
I, I speak for all New York sports fans. We expect too much. And I, I think, you know, the, I mean, I understand why, you know, we're not a very patient bunch of people, but I think it's okay to be a little patient from time to time. I know Jets fans from long, for a long time, you know, they, they are tired of the patient game, but that's the case. That's the situation we're in. I mean, at least you got rid of uh, that guy, that ginger, uh, Mr. Darnold um, made the right decision there. <laughs> oh God. And, and you know what? The more I watch him play, the more I'm actually comfy that he's not on the team. And remember Patch, Mark, uh, Bill, how I used to rave about Darnold, about how he's good and everything? Yes. No. Are you taking that back now, Reg? I'm not taking it back, but it's like. Take it back. He's a bust. I, 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 I the love more, the draft pick, too. Yeah, the, the, I mean, I don't want to take it back because what if because what if he actually what if this is actually, you know, him just trying to figure out. That's the thing. You can make the excuses when McCaffrey's out, but yeah, that means he's reliable back. on his running back. Yeah, that's all yeah, though, yeah. even worse. And, Something but, he never had with the Jets anyway. Yeah, but, so you, start, you start you, out three and oh, and that you know, this week you have McCaffrey back and he throws three picks, yeah. you know, 172 yards. Well, here's what you, here's what I gotta say about Sam Darnold though. When when they when the Jets first got rid of him, and and I and you know seeing the first three weeks in Carolina, I'm thinking okay, because don't forget, folks, Sam Darnold is coming from the worst one of if not the worst coaches in the NFL, that being Adam Gase. And I'm thinking okay, he goes from Adam Gase to Matt Rule, and Matt Rule could work with him now. And I, in the first couple of weeks, I was liking what I was seeing. But then, you know, again, we've been saying this, Carolina, who were their first three wins against? They, were, they weren't playing great teams. After week three, and you see these guys going downhill. And listen, I'll even say it, in the beginning of the season, Mark, Reg, Patch, you can even testify to this. I said there's a slight possibility Carolina could be the big competition to Brady in the NFC South. Damn, I want to go back to week four, to week two or three, and smack myself in the head for saying that. Well, you can't really say that to yourself, Bill. Yes, we all want to smack you in the head sometimes, but you know, you can't really say that, <laughs> that to yourself. Bad. No, no. The Carolina Panthers did start out 3-0, but you have to look at who they faced. It just took a Texas ass kicking for them to realize what they were. It they didn't have the McCaffrey. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 took, it, took two, it took two Texas games to get the ass open. Thank you. It's good. It's good when I'm called out on my mistakes. I like it. Thank you, Connor. No, no, that's great. Um, but no, they showed up against Dallas without Christian McCaffrey with, and then left it all on the arms of Sam Darnold to try to, you know, push a win through. And, and your biggest receiver is DJ Moore. You don't throw it to Robbie Anderson or Terrence Marshall. You've lost tight end and Greg Olson, even though he was a dinosaur. Sam Darnold had a team to start with, but it just mm -hmm. faded. And that's what happens to Jets quarterbacks when they get a team in the finals. And 
I, I like the point you make because even though people can make an excuse with McCaffrey going down, I mean, he still has DJ more talented. Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson is underperforming, but Darnold was happy because this was his favorite target on the Jets. So let's be exactly. honest, he got his favorite target back and now is underperforming with him. And yeah. right. Marshall, Marshall's talented. He's fast. He can do stuff too. It's just Sam is not actually being able, is not looking well throwing the ball. And that's why he has more picks than touchdowns right now too. And Chuba was playing great too. And Chuba, Chuba Hubbard's been a great well. rookie for them for the year. Yeah. Uh, it's it's stunning how the fact that there's really not much of a difference it doesn't matter what team he goes to, and you know m- maybe this is just my me just envisioning Donald to be this great quarterback because I wanted him to work out, but right he now it's not. Yeah, it's not, and you know it hurts. It hurts. It hurts more that me yeah, look. And obviously, I'm just glad that it's that it's not with the Jets. But at the same time, it's like, huh, well, you know, he finally got it out and it's not working out for him. Go crazy for new episodes of the Sports Insanity podcast every week. Now available on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's me, your cell phone. We need to talk about something, something serious. I know you love me. I know you like using me wherever you are, but I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you may think that it's possible to focus both on me and the road, but I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Make sure to like us on Facebook by searching SIN Sports Insanity Podcast. And also follow us on Twitter by searching at SIN Sports Insane. And now back to the bottom half of the inning on the Sports Insanity Podcast. I'm going to throw this over to Old Ops Guy. Uh, COVID-19 and testing in sports. What's going on with that? Okay, so the pandemic is nothing new to any of us. We all know basically what COVID is. What we are seeing is sporadic problems within Major League Sports of COVID protocols being broken and people who do not want to get the vaccine. I'm a right to lifer. I believe you have a choice in your life. But if you want to be a part of this country, you have to try to sacrifice a little bit of that and humble yourself a little bit and try to think what's going to do best for the greater good. I never liked the term mandate. I never even used them when I was a boss. I never liked the term mandate. That's why the courts upheld everything and halted, I think was because of the keyword was mandate. I think it'll be changed. You know, players are going to have to conform. We see it with the likes of big stars from Aaron Rodgers, no offense, Apache, to, to little stars who were once one of my favorites in Cole Beasley. These guys do have a right. However, if they're not taking the proper precautions, it's just adding to the problem. And as I said, we watched it happen in baseball. Football's had its issues. Basketball, 
there were no fans. I mean, it didn't happen in football also. Is that what we want to go back to? No. Smarten up, America. Somebody else, please. Okay, uh, I just want to say on this topic, um, Mark, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't like to use the term. I used to be very, very pro-mandate, but I'm sort of on the fence because on one hand, I think like, you know, what of what's going on with, with COVID right now, it's like, um, you know, I'm talking about like what happened with Aaron Rodgers, for instance. I'll get to him in a second, but I do believe what you said. You do have to conform because let's say if he was around someone like, I know this is kind of random, but bear with me. If he was around someone like Nate Soldier from the Giants, who is a cancer survivor and whose kid has cancer. And like, if any, I, I'm sure he's vaccinated. I'm sure Mr. Nate Soldier's vaccinated. But I think even in that case, he brings it home if, let's say, the Giants are playing the Packers, Rodgers has COVID, sees, was in contact with Nate Soldier. You know, Nate Soldier's vaccinated. He'll probably be okay. But his son, like, they just started vaccinating kids, like, recently. And I don't know if his son has the vaccine yet. And God forbid... Nate Soldier comes home and hugs and kisses his son, who's immunocompromised, then that's going to be bad news. So you got to be careful of who you're with. And on the other hand, but, and you know what, like what I have to say about, you know, Kyrie Irving, I think, like I said last week, I think the guy's an absolute jackass for, for, because you're being selfish. You got to think about your teammates because God forbid, what if somebody on your team has, is living with, is, you know, has family members who are elderly or immunocompromised and you can bring it home to them. And what Aaron Rodgers said, and what, what Aaron Rodgers did, listen, knocking the vaccine is one thing, but this guy freaking lied and goes, oh, I'm immunized, which is basically a fancy word for saying you're vaccinated. And and listen, and I'm going to open up the question to the to the four here. I I think Rodgers at least should get fined. I'm sorry. I think he should at least get fined. Not getting the vaccine is one thing, but lying about it is another thing. You could be putting people's lives in danger. And listen, I'm all for personal freedom, but sometimes. When people's decisions are putting other people's lives at risk, you got to put that on the back burner. And, and like, listen, and actually, I don't know if anyone heard this today, Howard Stern, yeah, I'm bringing up Howard Stern. <laughs> Howard Stern said that Aaron Rodgers should be thrown out of the NFL for this. I don't know if I would go to that extreme, but... I think he needs some sort of sanction. Sorry. Sorry, Patch. All right. Let me open the floor here. What do you guys think? I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I feel like this should at least be a one game suspension. I mean, I know, I know there's a lot of pressure in with like saying your decision and uh, he knew that there would be a lot of media attention if you were to say, no, I'm not, you know, I don't have my shot. 
but but you brought up some good points. You know, he could have easily been in contact with uh, somebody who has a low immune system. I mean, uh, they just played the Cardinals. Uh, James Conner had Hodgkin's lymphoma. I know it's a couple of days afterwards, but, you know, if there was an outbreak, you know, and he was in contact with James Conner, that could have been a huge issue too. And he's putting people's lives at risk. Um, you know, you can make your own decision if you are for or against the vaccine. That's not uh, my place to do that. But I, I totally agree. I mean, you, you got to, you know, if they ask you that question, be honest. Yeah, you, know, you have your own choice. Yeah, it, it might not be the easiest thing, but it's Rogers. He's had criticism. He had criticism coming all the way back from, you know, this whole situation. Oh, is he going to get traded? Blah, blah, blah. He can handle the media attention. So I, I feel like, come on, it is ridiculous. I mean, as a person, too, if we're really looking at Rodgers' problems, I kind of you lose a lot of more respect as the years go on with him. I think we're all seeing that now. He's not only had his own problems, but now he's be, he's shown to be a liar as well. I personally agree that everyone can have their own opinion about it, but at the same time, this he clearly lied, and at the same time, he should be suspended and held accountable for it, plain and simple. The issue here is, one, you're not vaccinated. And then two, you fail to follow NFL protocol for those that are unvaccinated. That's a problem. You can't just, you know, not be vaccinated and do whatever the heck you want. Like, you know, you have to follow protocol and failure to do that is going to get you in trouble. So I'm all for any type of punishment. It doesn't matter where it is. As long as it sends a message to, and this is not everybody. I know there are people who are following it, uh, but it sends a message to those NFL players who blatantly lied about their vaccination status or did whatever alternative and hit it like Aaron Rodgers did, did whatever alternative medicine type of thing, hit it, and then you know says he was immunized. And you're not following protocol because you're unvaccinated. You have to send a message to those people saying, we're not going to tolerate this. And this is a crisis that you take seriously. So you, you're going to have to get suspended. Yeah, I think I that's what it's going to have to be done. Unfortunately, you know, look, as I said, everyone has a choice in their life to make. Yeah. He just could have kept his mouth shut. He couldn't, you know, he might, cool. he didn't have to say he was immunized, could have proved could have came out and said, no, I never got the vaccine, but he's followed the protocols. Yeah. It's the actions we take that'll be judged against us. You know, he didn't deflate a ball and, and try to throw it in the playoffs. And, you know, but look what happened to that. Four mm -hmm. games suspension, you know, uh, exactly. and sanctions. Is that what should happen to Green Bay here? Well, not, not the entire team. I think that's a little ridiculous but definitely punish Aaron Rodgers and then you know again you know you should and then another thing with Aaron Rodgers is that and I knew this would happen he would go on to other people's platforms like the Pat McAfee show and he would spit out whatever the heck he wants to spit out and literally say the very thing I knew he was going to say this the fact that he did not lie 
what he said was the truth. And it's like, dude, no. The question was, are you vaccinated? You said you're immunized. So the assumption is that you're going to be vaccinated. That's what people are going to take it as. So you are a liar. Don't try to pull this little warding crap that, you know, is trying to save face. No, no it's not going to work. Some of the backlash, did you hear State Farm is like actually cutting back on the Rogers ads? Right. Yeah. Miss- they already uh, have kind of like. Big deal. You know, Big deal. Yeah, he does. It's not going to phase him one bit because this is eventually going to blow over. And when it does, if State Farm drops him because of this, instead of think someone else will go out and when he goes on to another team next year and make him the spokesperson eventually. I mean, for Christ's sakes, the man hopes it's in jeopardy. So he's got some brains in his head somewhere. But, um, the man, the man, you know what? The man is Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? He's human. Granted, you guys sh- shut your Tweety Bird mouth once in a while and keep it shut and not say stupid things. In agreeance with everyone else, find them, suspend them for a game. I, I think suspension because I think a fine, it's just like, okay, this is like chump change to me. Still got to fine him for something. He's going to be fined for, quote unquote, the big word is perjury. That's what he's going to be fined for. And it's going to go against lying, uh, whether he signed papers saying he was immunized or not. That's what it's going to come down to. Should there be a one-game suspension? Yes, maybe. Fines, absolutely. He'll be fine big time. But whether there's a suspension to follow will yet come to light, considering we don't know how many other players out there have done what he has done and just gotten much farther away from it. I want to ask everyone again um and mark i'm sorry i hijacked your topic no that's fine um i want to ask do you think um you 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 all said roger should have just kept his mouth shut um if he was asked that question are you vaccinated should he have just said no i'm not vaccinated or he should have given a non-answer absolutely tell the truth you're right you look like a better human. You look like a better human being and a better leader for admitting the truth. Anyway, like that, this just ruins him even more. And this would show that, yes, he is unvaccinated, but he's been following every protocol. He's been doing what he's been asked to be told. None of this, all this down talk, would come to light. You know, like that's how I think. Like if he was following protocol, like you know how I feel about some people in general who are unvaccinated. If you're still wearing your mask, you're still social distancing. Okay. But again, like I said earlier, the vaccine is a personal choice and we're not, we're, we're a bunch of sports podcasters. We're not doctors and we don't play them on TV, but, and we're, 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 we are in no position to give you medical advice. We're in no position to give you medical advice and whether you get the vaccine or not is your own personal decision, but Again, the problem is not that Rodgers didn't get vaccinated. Okay, in a way it is, but the bigger problem, like I said, is that he lied about it. And the, the, it's 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 rough to watch that happen. And you know, hopefully, like I said, serves as a reminder to those playing sports, whatever the league rules are for COVID nineteen and other stuff, follow them. Follow them. We're still in a public health crisis. Follow them. And to end things off for the night, and uh, this is a uh, 
a little bit of a lighter topic. Uh, congratulations to Mr. Buster Posey, uh, the San Francisco Giants. Over the weekend, he announced his retirement. And, uh, you know, obviously. He stole my rule. <laughs> that was supposed to be my rule. No slamming into the catcher. <laughs> I was destroyed behind the plate for 20 years. And I was a yeah. decent catcher. He gets his little knee injured and gets a whole rule in the rule book. God. Yeah. Well, if you really God. think about it, he didn't he didn't know how to cover that plate. No, he happened. didn't. No, no. Hats off to Buster. That, that was brutal. Yeah, no, yes. I mean uh, all time big time hitter, big time catcher, um, you know, champion for the Giants. And, and you know, it's may it may not Look, I don't know if it's going to be worth it a Hall of Fame. Oh, it will be. But he'll, I think he'll get in. Maybe not first ballot, though. No, I don't think first ballot, but he's definitely a future Hall of Famer. Man batted 302 through his entire career. Yeah, Yeah, but if we're looking at this was any other league, he would easily be in. This is the baseball. This Cooperstown is one of the toughest for any athlete, any player to get into. And especially first ballot. Yeah, I was talking to Connor earlier about this because. When you look at guys that aren't even in, like I think one of the best examples is when you look at Buster Posey and what he accomplished. Look at Roger Maris when he played 12 years. He seven All Stars, just the same. Exactly. Did three World Series titles, went to more, two time MVP compared to Buster's one, and the guy's not in the Hall. How does that make sense? <laughs> it doesn't, and, and and that's just baseball. You know, whether you want to call it justice, whether you want to call it mentality, yeah. there are a lot of players who were on the list this year from. A little before my own time, who yeah, it, are well deserving to get in right now. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it's a tough process because you have all these people, whether they're writers, whether they're bloggers, whatever the heck they do, that get the credit to be the person to vote players in. They have all this bias towards them, and it, it is absolutely insane. It's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. There's going to be a Hall of Fame without the home run champion. Understand that. Like in every other league, if you're a champion of anything, records wise, yeah, hitting champ, yeah, there you go. Anything that involves uh, the highest record of anything in any sport that gets you into the Hall of Fame, not baseball. That's it's wild to think about. Yeah, I mean, on the golden days, just to give you an idea, golden days, there are ballot person, Gil Hodges. How the hell is he not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, one of baseball's not only most memorable faces, but one of the best players of all time. Yeah. And he's not in. So, yes, Alex is 100% right. Baseball getting into Cooperstown is the hardest thing to do in yeah. to achieve in baseball. A home yeah. run, uh, you know, uh, hitting for the cycle, batting 300. Yeah, those are possible. Getting into the Hall of Fame is much harder. Yeah. And Buster Posey's, the, based on, if we're basing on numbers and just eyesight, he's definitely it. And anyone who says it is dumb. He's got to go through the writers. Writers <laughs> are a joke. Yes. No, I, thank you. I agree. That's a- we we could we could do a three hour documentary on that. I'd do a blog <laughs> post on it. Yeah, there you go, Bill. There's your next. Oh, blog you're post. giving me ID, and I already had an idea for a blog post. <laughs> well, we'll do the. We'll, I'll, I'll do that one in a, at a later date. All right. With that said, 
We have reached the end of game five. Yes, For, it was a great game. Great it was game. Great folks. game. Another Very nine good. innings in the and gentlemen. Another nine innings in the books. Get ready for game six. Yes. But, uh, you got damn. My bad. First, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, thank you, Connor. Thank you, Alex, coming on. Uh, the throwdown. You can listen to it. Spotify, Google, uh, Anchor. Anchor. And uh, more places to come. Uh, we're trying to get Apple involved, so uh, it should be on there soon. And then, um, uh, of course, follow it on Twitter. Well, what are you on at Twitter? SINs underscore to throw down. Is that the, the Twitter handle? It's actually right here next to me. Okay, yes. Cool. Uh, so uh, follow it there. And um, of course, the sports network.com is the place where you can find all of our podcasts and all of our content. Uh, Patchman, uh, you do the rest. I do the rest. I do the rest. All right. Well, with that said, we have once again reached the end of game five here on the Sports Insanity Network. And we'll see you guys for game six. I am Lawrence Patchman Lang. I'm Danny Boy Reginald. I am the still one and only Mark Oldops Guy Halpern. I'm Bill Murphy. And who's the other two people again that we had here today? Uh, I'm Connor Dougie Douglas. And I'm Alex Matai. All right. Make sure you go to our website once again, www.thesportsandsandynetwork.com or something like that. I probably just botched that. I don't care. We'll see you guys next week. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. She just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.